The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey guys, before we start the show, I just wanted to make sure to shed some light on what's currently going on to Asians and Asian Americans in this country. With a new violent hate crime cropping up seemingly every week, especially ones involving the elderly in our community, and obviously with all of this coming to a head with the shootings in Atlanta last month, I think it's important we begin to take these attacks on the Asian American community seriously. The Asian American, Asian immigrant community is under siege and we need your help more than ever. Even if it's simply acting as an ally and making sure that our voices and our cries are heard by you. If you enjoy listening to the show, just know that the atrocities happening around the country directly affect your podcast hosts. It affects me and my Filipino parents. It affects Alan, his Japanese-American mother, and all of his relatives on his mother's side. It affects Tommy and his Japanese-American wife and all of his in-laws, of course. So if you'd like to help out and support in any way please check the bio link for a t-shirt fundraiser that donates 100% of its proceeds to various Asian American Pacific Islander organizations. You'll not only get some cool gear with a powerful message, a not my model minority shirt, or a hate is virus shirt and sweater, but you'll also be able to make sure your money is going to the right place and the right places. So please join us in stopping the Asian hate. Thank you. to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where no Lakers fans, you are not mistaken. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Make that a hopeful ray of sunshine at the end of the tunnel. Nay, a hopeful dray of sunshine, as your Los Angeles Lakers have a new addition at center and a new AD. So quit banging on your Drummonds. He's finally here. AD2, the penguin. Uh, Alan, uh, do you like penguins? How do you feel about penguins? <laughs> Dude, penguins are awesome. I love penguins. Um, they're really they slide sturdy. Slide on their bellies. Yeah, they do slide on. They may even have happy feet. They may dance from time to time. <laughs> there you go. I still don't know why Andre Drummond calls himself the penguin, pengu, pingu, pengu. But um, you know, <laughs> is it because he's like solid? Because a penguin is pretty like, you know, right? Maybe, maybe he's sturdy. <laughs> I don't know. I can't right? think of anything else. Like from head to toe. Um, they just look really thick and sturdy. 
Exactly. So that that may be it. Uh, Alan, welcome back to the show after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, You're coming back at just the right time as the Lakers have, well, maybe not the right time because LeBron just went down, but the Lakers are shoring that up as we speak with Andre Drummond. I think you'll like my title for this episode. I'm entitling it Drumline with two M's. Nice, One for nice. Andre Drummond, obviously, but two in honor of one of our favorite movies growing up as Bannard's Nick Cannon's Drumline. Mr. Miles, I guess you didn't like the required piece as written. Nah, I just thought I'd add a little some something on the end. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is my uh, Drumline impression. There you go. Solid. You just pulled that right out of the pocket, right? You had to look that up or anything. You had it totally memorized. (laughs) I had the, I thought I'd add a little something, something on the end memorized, but I was like, what's the first part of that? Yeah. I haven't seen this in 15 years. (laughs) I actually saw it in December. uh, Oh, nice. A holiday staycation or whatever. It was like randomly playing and my girlfriend's song hadn't seen it. And I was like, we're watching this. And she's like, why? I was like, you just gotta, (laughs) it's who I am. Is this what your life was like? (laughs) Sure was. Uh, Okay, let's get right into it, Alan. Um, The Lakers have signed Andre Drummond off the buyout market for free, not giving up anything. I think he's getting paid like 700K, um, which is what he gave up in the buyout with Cleveland. I mean, talk about one-upping yourself in the buyout market. Rob last year went from snagging Markeith Morris out of thin air, the same Markeith Morris who became our leading three-point shooter through the playoffs, and now he's gotten 27-year-old Andre Drummond who say what you will about this dude and maybe him putting up empty calorie stats in the past, but 27 years old is literally your prime. I think most people would probably thought, oh, Andre Drummond's washed up, but no, he is square in his prime. I guess my question to you first off is, and you know, we get hyperbolic on this, uh, this podcast, especially as it pertains to like Lakers stuff, but I don't think this is hyperbole. And I know I say that a lot, but anyways, is this the biggest buyout move in recent in, in, in recent history, but also in history when you look at the age you're getting the player at and just the recent stats he's been putting up? Also taking into account that the dude hasn't been injured, you know? So I guess with that in mind, yeah, is this one of the biggest moves, if not the biggest move in buyout history to just snatch someone who's 27, year old, 27 years old in his prime out of nowhere? Yeah, I I think so. Uh, I haven't done my research in terms of like looking season by season over, say, maybe the last decade or something, right? Like, who are some notable names? But, uh, you know, you look at like Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge right now. I mean, that's cool. But I mean, we know what they are. And especially with LaMarcus Aldridge, we know what that is. Um, you could even argue that that doesn't even fit with what Brooklyn is trying to do and, you mm-hmm. know, his, his strengths. So those are big names. But, OK, the caveat is they're old, washed up, whatever it is. Uh, last year with Keefe, I mean, obviously we were excited for it, but you, you look at Keefe and you look at Andre Drummond, it's like two different caliber players. Um, and I think we were all like pleasantly surprised (laughs) by what we got in Mm Markeefe. Um, and beyond that, I mean, I can't really think of, you know, multiple time all-stars, uh, as you said, someone who's in their prime and, and his is such a unique situation, right? Because it's a fit thing or these teams just, uh, felt like, he wasn't bringing to the table what, you know, their game plan was and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I think it is extremely unique. And I think that we were uniquely positioned um, to, to add a guy that really fills in some gaps uh, and addresses our needs directly. Um, So I don't think that's hyperbolic at all. We'd have to like really go back and see some other names, but I'm leaning in that way too. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a guy who literally came off averaging 
17 and 13, 17 and 16 the year before. I call them empty calorie stats all you want. This is still a pretty unprecedented buyout considering this dude is 27. And like you mentioned, there were a lot of unique things that had to happen for this to occur, namely the Cavs being in rebuild mode, having just traded for Jared Allen. Like It's like being in being in rebuild mode from what exactly? Right, exactly. <laughs> Constant state of rebuild. But for them, it's almost addition by subtraction to kind of clear the way for Jared Allen. And then on top of it, I think if Andre Drummond had a more what's called practical contract they would have been able to move him in a trade but because his contract was so huge nobody is going to be nobody has the salary to match that and nobody's going to want that that salary coming in as well which is why you saw with Blake Griffin who had a similarly sized contract you just buy him out so the Lakers like you mentioned were perfectly positioned I think Rob Palenka may have been a previous client of Andre Drummond Andre Drummond has recently stated in the past that he'd love to play for LeBron James one day I think he's buddy buddies with AD as well Markeith Morris and KCP obviously played with him uh, in Detroit. So there were a lot of things working in our favor, not the least of which is we have a massive need (laughs) at center because we can't grab a rebound to save our lives. So he helps out in that way. I think looking back in buyout history's past, you maybe look at 2012 when the Spurs were able to sign Boris Dio and he contributed to them in the playoffs pretty heavily. But at that point, Boris Dia was already 30. So it's kind of like the Markeith Morris thing, right? Where it's like supplementary contributions. Um, maybe you look at Joe Johnson in 2016 when the Heat signed him. But at that point, Joe Johnson was kind of already past his prime as well. The last one I can, that's probably the most similar was last year when the Blazers signed Ennis Cantor. He was only 27. Okay. But... Ennis has never been the, well, one, Ennis Kanter has never been an all-star. And I know Andre Drummond's always only been a reserve all-star, but he's still been an all-star two times, you know? Yeah. And the stats he's putting up, we'll get into it, like, as one of the, if not the best rebounder in NBA history, is insane. So looking at it, you know, holistically, even looking at the past, yeah, I think you'd have to say this is the biggest buyout move in NBA history, and the Lakers got it done. And look, I mean, it's going to be a rental for sure. This guy wants to get paid this summer, but I think everything's aligning because what better way to want to show that you're not just an empty calorie stats sort of player than by winning a championship and proving that you can put up these stats and do it as a winning player as well that fills a need and knows how to fill a role. So let's get into Andre Drummond as a, as a player. Who is he for this team? You know, I always like to come up with comps and stuff, and I think I have one, especially as it pertains to the Lakers. Um, Andre Drummond to me is like a fusion of JaVale McGee and Montrez Harrell. All the good and some of the bad parts that come with both players. <laughs> I see where you're so, going with it. <laughs> yeah. And he has a teeny bit of Marc Gasol's passing chops and ability to strip the ball as well. So Andre Drummond's like 6'11 with a 7'6 wingspan, which is insane. That vaults him to the top with Anthony Davis as our uh, lankiest players, longest players. As it pertains to JaVale McGee, he will play that JaVale role as a rim runner, cleanup guy, catch some crazy lobs, and also block the hell out of shots in ridiculous fashion as a weak side defender. He's not as dynamic and explosive as JaVale in terms of leap ability, but when he can gather the ball, when he can gather himself, he has a mean one-handed crusher over dudes, mainly because of that 7'6 wingspan. Kind of the same way that THT, you wouldn't think he's athletic, mm. but then because his long arms just shoot out of nowhere, that's kind of Andre Drummond. He's also a little bit more versatile than JaVale, and I think that's where Trez and his agility, mobility, and even his handles come in. Um, he's like Trez in the sense that he has a stability to his pa- base, like I talked about when he gathers and he's able to just go up really strong. 
Uh, that's Tre Trez does it with two hands. Draman can do it with one hand. <laughs> um, and so he's got Trez's mobility and some of his handles. So the bad parts about him in terms of uh, JaVale and Trez is, I think, comes on the offensive end, the way that JaVale used to always do some shacked in a fool sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dribble the ball around for some weird reason and jack up a weird shot. Like, Andre Drummond has a tendency to do that, especially because he's way more talented than JaVale, so he probably thinks he has the green light to do that more often. It's going to be really interesting right now without LeBron and AD, what he's going to exactly. do. <laughs> so let's have fun with this for a few weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, Andre Drummond shot 47% from the field with Cleveland this year, and that's a bad percentage. Um, yeah. I'll probably contextualize that by saying he probably had the green light to take whatever the hell shot he wanted to take. And so <laughs> that's why that percentage is low. But also that the the bad aspects of JaVale and Trez also translate to him on the defensive end where he can often get caught out of position, right? JaVale was constantly got beat off the dribble, but he could clean it up because of his long arms, and, and Dre will be able to do that. He's more mobile than, than JaVale, and that's where defensively he can sort of mimic Trez because he can move his feet on the perimeter better. And, I mean, he's one of the highest steal rate sort of big men. I think he averaged like 1.6 steals this season, and then last year was third in the league in steals in general and i think number one as a true center it's crazy yeah, right that surprised me it's like gosh when you play on a team like detroit when they're not good and then cleveland it's really uh easy to not know what the heck is going on <laughs> with players right. as i saw that and i was like i felt like i should have that should not have been such a surprise but yeah and so i think he knows how to use what athleticism he does have and his long seven foot six wingspan to his advantage i think with drummond you see a guy who sort of like javel is just physically gifted, but in terms of positional defense is not always there mentally and not, not, not always engaged. So I think that's one thing he'll have to work on. And, and you know, he, he mimics Trez on defense in terms of sometimes he can be soft in guarding the paint a little bit. Um, but with that said, you t look at all the good parts and the fact that he fuses both players. And that's a player that the Lakers could use right now, just a lob threat and a guy who's a little bit more versatile on offense and yeah, so I guess from your end, what what, what have you seen from JaVale, I mean JaVale, <laughs> from Andre's <laughs> game, if you've like watched any highlights recently or whatever, that he would immediately help the Lakers with? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've had to do a lot of studying, you know, <laughs> because again, he hasn't played in a really long time since like early, mid-February. And uh, even then, how much Cleveland Cavaliers basketball have we been watching over the last couple of years? How much Detroit Pistons basketball have we been watching before that? And not very much. I honestly felt like I was like, dang, obviously I know who Andre Drummond is and I know statistically like what he does, but I, I can't really contextualize and imagine what he's going to bring to us. So I, I felt a little like unprepared in a way right mm -hmm. so i had to like do do some video watching for sure which are all highlights so it's all the good stuff but um he's very nimble i, I think that's what mm -hmm. st stood out most to me is just how well he moves so while he might make up his mind at times and do some shacked in a fool javelish type things and you know javel is like a freak athlete but he gets like really oc and it's like oh my yeah, god yeah. dude like what are you doing whereas with andre drummond i don't think you're gonna see that it's just decision making stuff that's going to be right. the problem he's not gonna be falling all over himself and like bowling pins and he's the bowling ball type of deal right so it's not going to be as funny as as entertaining <laughs> when he makes these mistakes but i can imagine us watching and kind of scratching our heads like dude like what were you doing it's like okay he clearly <laughs> put his head down decided two possessions ago here's what i'm gonna do on this next play like i'm gonna go get mine and uh again i think we're gonna see that 
for most of April until LeBron and AD come back. So it'll be some light growing pains or whatever, but it's fine. Um, In terms of rebounding, I mean, we can't hit a bucket right now. So he's really going to be cleaning up on the class. Um, And let's just hope that, uh, you know, he's he's a really good rebounder. Obviously, he's like you said earlier, the best in the world. And um, I'll, I'll give credit to Laker Film Room, of course. Like I listened to their podcast about him and they talked about how he's like a go get him type of rebounder. Right. So he's going to go seek out the ball. And um, that's the kind of guy that we are severely lacking at this point. We know that Trez is not a natural, you know, rebounder. Kuz has been like our guy for cleaning it up. So Trez is the box out guy. So if someone yeah, can come right. in there and snatch it, that'll be great. Exactly. Exactly. So um, that's what I'm looking forward, you know, to seeing with him is uh, it really does fill a void that we've had. I mean, he killed us when we played against them, obviously. Yeah. I think we all remember that game. And uh, these games against, like, an Ennis Cantor, right, against a Jokic, where, like, Ennis Cantor shouldn't be killing us, but we know that he he will do that this year without, you know, um, that Dwight or that JaVale type of player. So um, when the matchups are calling for it, I think uh, it's, it's going to be very, very helpful. Yeah, for sure. And you, you talked about his nimbleness and his mobility, that's where he differs from JaVale and becomes more like Trez, the way that Trez can contort his body in the lane and seems to have really good finishing skills. Uh, I think Dre has some of that, not to that, not to Trez's extent, but obviously more so than JaVale, right? So um, I think that'll definitely help us out. And he's just a more versatile offensive player. He has handles and he can pass the ball a little bit. He's He's got some Marcus All in him where he's flipping these like nice backdoor, backdoor bounce passes to cutting dudes. So he definitely has a little bit of vision. He's almost Demarcusy. Mm, okay. In some ways, he obviously can't shoot the way Demarcus can, and he obviously his free throw shooting is bad. But he's got that volatility in terms of you know when he's going, he can do a lot of different things. When it's going bad, he can do a lot of things to hurt your team, right? But according to StatMuse, Drummond has the most twenty twenty games in the league since he entered the NBA at forty four. The next closest player with that amount of twenty twenty games has fifteen such games. Um, if you take it to the last decade before Drummond came into the league in 2011, um, it's Drummond with 44, Dwight with 19, DeMarcus with 16 in terms of 2020 games. Pretty crazy. Oh gosh, wow. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Drummond is currently ranked 10th in the league in steals this year, but he's first among true centers. I think we've seen before just what LeBron was able to do with a guy like Dwight, who was almost out of the league. And what Dwight is shooting this year, I think Dwight's shooting only like 52%, 54% from the field. But last year with LeBron, he was shooting 60%, right? So I think Drummond can obviously be much better than 47% from the field that he's shooting with Cleveland. One, because his career percentage is 54%. I think it's just a unique situation in Cleveland where he's got the green light to do whatever the hell he wants. On this team, he'll have a little bit of green light to do that without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But when those guys are back, it's going to be Lob City galore, and you should expect to have a more 54%-ish Drummond on our hands. Yeah, and, like, how many good players has he ever played with in his career? You know what I mean? I think the only all-star was Blake Griffin, and that was just that one season, you know? So yeah. he has no experience uh, being – I mean, he's going to be, like, the third-ish guy once we're at full strength, and maybe not even sometimes. So he can yeah. just slide right in, you know? And, uh, again, it, it funnels everybody into, like, their natural positions, which is what we want. And he's never been able to be that guy. Right. And I think in terms of, like, where he slots in, he, he's going to start. 
I think that's why he came in in the first place. I think a lot of people are like, well, Mark's probably a better all-around player, and that's fair. I will say, though, he he's going to be essentially our JaVale slash Dwight this year, right? He gives us that dimension, that athletic lob dimension, but he's better than those players ver- versatility-wise. And while he hurts the spacing of our starting lineup the way those two hurt our spacing, I think he'll at least provide the starting lineup with that dunker spot cleanup option that they didn't have with Mark the same way JaVale was. But also, because I mean, one way to mitigate the lack of spacing is to just have a a threat in the dunker spot, which Drummond is, and he's also more versatile than that because he can pass out of the post. Um, But I think the benefit of that, though, is that Drummond allows Gasol to go to the bench where I feel like I've wanted Gasol to be on the bench like the whole season. Obviously not now because LeBron and AD are out. But when those two return, Gasol was already nullified because of how many ball handlers we had in the starting lineup with LeBron, Schroeder, AD. On the bench, he's going to be able to do Mark Gasol-y things and be able to run the offense a little bit more. So I think long-term, short-term and long-term, this helps slot guys into, I think, a more balanced situation i think or drummond's just going to clean up for lebron james and anthony davis be that third guy that safety valve and then marcus all i feel like i don't think his stats will dip that much even though his minutes might just because he's going to get more assists as a result of that so um any last thoughts on where they slot in uh no honestly i think you covered it i think uh the rotations are going to be really interesting to pay attention to uh again when it comes to like closing lineups and and things like that at this point, um, it's a little hard to imagine, you know, what kind of direction we're going to go. It's gonna obviously depend on matchups, but uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch over these next couple of months before the playoffs. I think the one thing this does is while no player is perfect and while Andre Drummond has his flaws, it just gives Vogel so many more options, right, to go to. And the other thing is Drummond is just a big dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked about a seven foot six wingspan. We're long again. We're big again. He's like 280, 270, 280. He yeah, can rough guys huge. up. You know, we very much needed that. We needed a more mobile version of Marcus All essentially, because Marcus All is that bruiser, but he can barely move at this point. So yep. we need the more athletic version of that, and you get that with Drummond. And, you know, people are going to poo poo this move by saying, well, oh, good luck sending Drummond out there to guard Embiid and, and Giannis and uh, Jokic. It's like, dude. There's no one in the league who can guard those guys besides Anthony Davis in general and maybe Rudy Gobert. And on the buyout market, definitely no one out there who can do that. I'll take the guy who can meet Siakam at the rim and block a dunk shot, okay? Yeah, you know, Because right. he's shown the ability to do that. He's shown the ability to dunk over Giannis and, and Robin Lopez in, in one fell swoop, you know, because he's an athletic freak. He's his physical makeup. It's just athletic clay that Vogel can use. And as we've seen on this team... Vogel can get the best out of guys defensively. Phil Handy can get the best out of guys developmentally. This guy, I know it's just a rental, but he has something to prove, not only because he's heading into free agency, but so many people are calling him just like a, oh, whatever, he puts up stats, but is he actually a contributing player? Well, he's about to show you. So I'm excited for this move. I'm excited for the way we're going to use him. It's definitely going to be bumpy and ugly in parts. We're probably going to be pulling our hair out um, in certain situations. Uh, I think there's this one play from this season. It's like a total Shackton play with, with Drummond on the Cavs, where I think for like a good 23 seconds of the 24-second shot oh, yeah. clock, it's him just holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. 
it's great. If you haven't seen this video, check it out. Um, it's, it's hilarious. You know what, man? I put that on Cleveland. <laughs> I don't put that sure. on Drummond at all. <laughs> sure, sure. That's fair. But yeah, we're excited for Dre, the Penguin. And um, we'll take it to break. When we return, we'll close this episode out by talking about who the Lakers might fill out with their last roster spot. They've said that... Or it's been said that they're maybe looking at a 3 and D guy, and we'll look at the bare options uh, on their plate when we return. All right, Alan, so we're back. To close this episode, I wanted to talk... Fuck. I wanted to talk about... talk about about things. (laughs) Let's talk about things. I wanted to talk about some wings slash 3 and D guys. Um, Thabo. Thabo. (laughs) He's he's on the list for sure. (laughs) Nice. Um, So what's out in the market, though, it's... It's more 3 or D. It's like, for all the guys that can maybe do 3 and D, it's like mostly little 3, some D if they're not washed up. So it's a very imperfect list of dudes. I'll go right down the line here and you tell me um, if any intrigue you. And then I'll have you rank if I if I forced you to pick, like, who would you go with, okay? All right. All right. So we got Iman Shumpert, 30 years old. The last time he really played any meaningful basketball was in 2018-19 when he shot 37% from three with the Kings and then 30% with the Rockets. I think he got traded mid-year. But that's almost two years ago, one and a half years ago. He obviously has familiarity with LeBron. I think the Nets signed him for like two games or so this year. In theory, he is a 3 and D guy, but we're not sure what he has left in the tank. Uh, next guy, Glenn Robinson III. He is 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan, shot 40% from three in 48 games with Golden State last year. He shot 37% from three with the Kings this year. I think he's only, I don't know why I didn't have this. I think he's pretty young, actually. Let me see. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he's like 25. 27. So he's 27. Oh, um, but young relative to the other guys on this list. So. He's another name to keep in mind. I thought Shump the most... was older. That's crazy. I know. Glenn Robinson 3 right now, probably the most versatile in, in terms of like some D and some 3. Next, we've got Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So this is wild, dude. <laughs> RHJ is only 26 years old. Hmm. He's 6'6 with a 7'2 wingspan, which is crazy. Shimmy shake galore from the free throw. <laughs> which is hilarious because he's not a terrible free throw shooter. You think with that shimmy shake, he's like 65%, but he's actually yeah. like 74% free throw shooter. Well, when he comes to us, he'll be down to like 68. <laughs> exactly. So he has the defensive capabilities, especially with that seven foot two wingspan. Actually has some passing chops. So he's another name. Definitely more of just the D. Then we've got a name we haven't heard of in a while. Alan Crabb. Only 28 years old. 6'6", if you remember when he got his big contract with Brooklyn, he was the prototypical 3ND guy. And then he kind of just fell off the face of the planet. He played with Minnesota and Atlanta Atlanta last year in some short stints. He only shot 32% from three with Atlanta. So his last productive year was really 2018-19 with the Nets when he averaged nine points and hit 2.33s on 38% shooting. If you go off of that, that's great. But... I don't know what happened in the last year or so. This is some real, like, who he played for kind of stuff. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> um, next is MKG, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, six foot seven. <laughs> I wish Tommy were here right now. <laughs> we have, like, an inside Gilchrist. joke. I know, yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> so, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, six foot seven, seven foot wingspan, which is long. He is a defender through and through. He actually played with the Mavericks in the playoff bubble last year, strictly for defensive purposes, but hey... On a playoff team, when you just need some possessions to lock somebody up, 
that can be valuable, especially end of quarter situations or defensive, offensive, defensive switches. Um, guy like MKG could fit. Um, Damari Carroll, he hasn't done much in the last two seasons either. He really was only productive last in the 2018-19 season. You'll see a theme here um, when he averaged 11 points, 34% from three, hitting 1.6 a game. He is a career 36% shooter from three. I don't know how much he has left in the tank as well, but he also kind of fit that 3ND mold. Next, we have Wilson Chandler, who I thought was like 36 years old. This dude's only 32-33. He played with the Brooklyn Nets last year, only shot 30% from three. But in 2018-19, he did shoot 39% from three with Philly. Um, okay, and then the last few ones are just wild cards. Um, Tabo Cephalosha. Last played with Houston last year, actually. He's six foot seven. He's 36 years old, though. So yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know how much you sure. want to rely on that. That's a J.R. Smith-ish, you know, yeah, feeling kind of thing. Sure. So super dark horse here. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, six foot six, six foot eight wingspan. He played in China this past year, but was with Golden State uh, in their training camp. His claim to fame was his solid play on the Spurs when he came in as an older rookie. He's 31 years old now. He did shoot 43% from three on a very low volume in 14 games with the, Sixter, with the Sixers back in 2018-19. And then that same year, I think there was a trade midway. Um, when he was on the Magic, he averaged 14 points, two assists, three rebounds on 46% from the field, 34% from three. But he has been playing in China the last year. And then lastly, wildcard, wildcard, Bruno Caboclo. He's three years from being three years away. This dude has a seven foot seven wingspan, dude. I think he was on the Rockets last year, but that number is just ridiculous. Um, so, if I had, if I told you pick your top three out of the, that list, and I'll go through them again, who would you pick? I've got Iman Shumpert, Glenn Robinson, Alan Crabb, MKG, Damari Carroll, Will Chan, Bruno Caboclo, Jonathan Simmons, and Tabo Cephalosha. Oh man. I know Shumpert kind of feels like one of those J.R. Dion type things. Again, I thought he was older. Um, yeah. I would have guessed he was like 32, 33. 30's not terribly old at all. Mm-mm. But like, like like we said, this is a who he played for kind of thing. Where it's like, I don't know what the hell happened to all these guys in 2018, 2019 um, that they're out of the league. But uh, I mean, I, I feel like I just know a little bit more about what Shump is. And he has like that LeBron connection, I suppose. I don't know how serviceable he'd be. He's like an end of bench kind of guy for sure. As would most of these dudes. Um, MKG. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, when he was in college, which is, you know, many, many, many years ago at this point, Tommy and I were pretty high on the guy. And then He's uh, only 27, dude. Yeah, he's young. He's young. And, you know, he was in Charlotte and stuff, which is so much of it is, like, just the situation. Um, I think there's potential there. I, I don't want to be biased against Rondé Hollis Jefferson just because of shimmy shake. <laughs> um but you know he is he's another athletic you know guy uh we're not looking sorry did you say what his three-point shooting was it's terrible it's awful it's not yeah we we already know with his shot him and mkg for mkg's shot is broken as hell too um glenn robinson the third's kind of interesting yeah that's kind of he he's a guy that was not out of the league you know 2018 19 kind of deal like you said he was serviceable in the bubble so in no particular order, those are the guys that kind of stand out to me. Okay, great, because those are the guys at the top of my list as well. Sure, I think nice. the, the, the the work with Glenn Robinson is he's unproven. You're not sure if you can rely on this guy because he's a younger dude. But if you're looking to extract any sort of potential while also kind of balancing out the three and D, not capitalized, 
I mean, it'd probably be Glenn Robinson because MKG and Rondé are strictly just the D. So I have it as number one, Glenn Robinson, three, number two, MKG, number three, Rondé, just because MKG and Rondé can literally just play the Tony Allen role. And in the playoffs, that is so important to just have a guy that, you know, it's almost like in Thor Ragnarok when they unleash the Hulk. It's just like, yo, you're not even going to play for five minutes, but for this one possession, we need you to lock up that one wing and MKG can do it. And he did it last year with the Mavericks. I mean, that's the, that was his only utility with the Mavericks in the playoffs, you know? He had some really good defensive possessions with the, the Jazz. And I think on a team with Frank Vogel and his defensive scheme, a guy like MKG just roaming the perimeter with his, you know, seven-foot wingspan and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson's seven-foot-two wingspan, it, like, perfectly fits with what we're trying to do. Just scramble mode defense. And MKG and Rondé are athletic, like you know, built dudes, you know, that you can still use and utilize. So for those reasons, I think you pretty much just have to choose at this point, three or D. And I think I'll go with the D, even though we could very much use shooting, obviously. So, but Glenn Robinson three kind of, you split the difference there. Um, So I gave you who I thought were the three and D guys in terms of potential buyout guys that may still get bought out yet. I think April 9th is the deadline. Mo Harkless could get bought out. Um, Maybe James Johnson on the Mavericks. I think Mo Harkless could be a good get as well. He's played with the Clippers last year, so he may not be opposed to coming back to L.A. So let's talk about just straight shooters now, if we're just picking D or 3. We've got Kyle Korver. He's 40 years old, but last (laughs) year with the Bucks, he still shot 42% from 3, hitting 1.7 a game in 16 minutes. He also shot 41% from 3 for them in the playoffs, hitting 1.5 a game. And obviously he played with LeBron during like the 2017-18 season, grew up a Lakers fan, yada yada. I'm not sure why he hasn't signed with us yet. It seems like a no-brainer. But maybe he's sort of been just, you know, waiting for this buyout period because he did play in the bubble and maybe he just wanted to rest. So Kyle Korver would be a great get just in terms of we just need a guy who can hit an open shot and not question is this a 35% chance of going in when they're (laughs) wide open, you know? Um... Second, and I'm really intrigued by this guy. I don't know what his contractual situation is, but Marco Bellinelli did not get a contract this year to play with anybody, which is surprising because he shot 37% from three with the Spurs last year and is a career 38% three-point shooter. He's currently playing in Italy, but I think their season may be done, or you know, I don't know how those things work out, but maybe the Lakers could convince him to come over in a buyout situation. Um, And then we've got guys like Joe Johnson, super washed up, Gerald Green, who's 35 years old. I just thought Gerald Green is perpetually just 26, but I guess he's 35 now. Yeah, seriously. Wow. (laughs) Um, He hasn't really played since 2018-19 as well because last year he got injured. That's the short list, dude. Um, So out of those guys, I mean, I'm guessing you'd go Corver and Bellinelli too if you have the options. Yeah, I totally would. Absolutely. Cool. Um. And then one last guy to, to bring up, Avery Bradley. What are your yeah. thoughts on Avery Bradley? 3 and D, shaky on the 3, but a, a little bit more versatile than the guys we currently have in terms of Wes Matthews, KCP. As you saw last year, he could put the ball on the floor and pull up for that mid-range jump shot or hit the guy for the lob, in this case with Andre Drummond. I like Avery Bradley, the Avery Bradley challenge, um, obviously, in everybody's minds. The only flaw with Avery Bradley is he's undersized, and he doesn't give us that you know, that height or length. And it kind of feels like we'd just be adding more sorts of Wesley Matthews, Caruso, KCP types to the mix. 
but he is a little bit more versatile than those guys. But if he were to get bought out, what would your what, what would your thoughts be about bringing him back? I mean, based on how well he played for us last year, I'm inclined to believe he'd be more consistent <laughs> than the guys that you just named that we have, right? Like, obviously, we know about Wes Matthews right now. Like, yeah, things aren't working out too well. KCP is super up or down. You know, he's been down-ish for like two months now. So I'm fully yeah. expecting him to have a resurgence just at the right time. But uh, AB was incredibly stable for us, you know, and he really stepped up uh, at the end of last season before the bubble, not the end of last season, pre-bubble against the Clippers, against the Bucks. Um, like, I still have those moments kind of etched in my mind and the fact that we didn't have him with us in the bubble. Um, I remember I was like really bummed out, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing him uh, play with us. So to have that, uh, to be reunited with him Maybe it's just for nostalgia and, you know, like yeah. kind of not unfinished business because we won the chip, but kind of like what for him. could it have been? Yeah, for him, totally. Um, maybe there's just a little bit of those like emotions for me kind of running through my mind as to why I would like to get him. Yeah, I agree with you. And this year, I mean, it's only 10 games, small sample size with the Heat. But when he was playing before he got COVID, 1.63 is a game shooting 42% from the field. So, I mean, that's better than anybody Granted, it could just be like that KCP stretch where all of a sudden he fell off the face of the earth. But, I mean, AB shot a decent 36% from three with us last year. And, and this year, I mean, hitting a at a higher volume and on 42% on less minutes is a pretty good sign. Just have to hope that, you know, COVID didn't hit him too crazily. I mean, I just find it so ironic that he didn't play with us in the bubble because of COVID. And then he signed on with Miami in a state where there are pretty much no laws against <laughs> no laws you know trying to keep you safe from COVID and he ended up getting anyways but yeah hopefully it can be a full circle redemption story for AB if he gets bought out and the Lakers uh, sign him and I think right now they have one open roster slot if they waive a guy like McKinney then they'd have two on top of Drummond so maybe we're thinking Avery Bradley and Corver or you know what I mean or like Avery Bradley and MKG something like that so yeah, we'll see where they go. Uh, maybe they'll swoop out of nowhere and Otto Porter will get bought out and we get Otto Porter too. <laughs> at which point it's just going to look really ridiculous. But hey, we're trying to go up against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we'll take on anybody we can for this sort of like swing season, it feels like at this point. We need another um, Lionel Richie lookalike. That's what it is. If we got <laughs> Otto Porter go. Jr. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, Danny Green, that mf -er dude. The oh guy we God, could actually use. We're talking about all these 3 and D guys with length. The guy we're talking about is Danny Green of this year for the Sixers. It's ridiculous. I mean, jeez. <laughs> okay. With that said, that'll be it for our episode. We are going to have an extra, uh, extra segment for our Patreon uh, subscribers uh, where we talk about uh, the failed Kyle Lowry trade and what we think of THT. So if you want to check that out, uh, please go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. You'll be able to listen to that for a buck. Otherwise, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. We are still waiting for our first 2021 review. So I don't know what's going on, Alan. Let's come on. Let's go. No guys. one no, no one knows what year it is, you know. We can just kind of throw all that stuff out. <laughs> do it for the penguin, please. Um, so yeah, do that. Please rate and review us five stars on iTunes. And uh, we will catch you guys next time when we will have uh, some actual Andre Drummond in purple and gold film to analyze. It's crazy. Alan, I will catch you later. All right, dude. Laters. Peace.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.